Once every summer, we invite our friends from Jerseyville, First Fruits, to come and just be a part of our service and then stay afterwards and have pizza with us. It's a ministry that we support, and so they're here. I want them to all stand. Remain standing. I got a call this week from Brother Jonathan. Where are you, Jonathan? Jonathan Steele, he's the director. They was telling me that their central air conditioning unit in their building had gone out. And he said, you know, Brother David, we're going to have to send out some appeals and ask God to help us raise over $2,000. I've been praying this week and thinking, God, what can I do personally? Well, they walked in the church this morning and he said, guess what? It's all been paid for. Hey! But it's not installed yet, so maybe hot tonight, but cooler there in the week. Let's pray for them, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can partner with our friends there at First Fruits in Jerseyville. We thank you for this wonderful gift that people have responded that their air conditioning needs are going to be met. Lord, I pray your rich blessings on every person that's here today with us. Lead them and guide them and help them in their life's travels with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in a series called Monster University. We've been looking at facing and overcoming some of the monsters of life. The monster we're going to look at today has been around for a very, very long time. The prophet Isaiah wrote this over 2,500 years ago. He said, Lord, I am overwhelmed. What? Come to my help. Maybe you feel like Isaiah. God, I'm overwhelmed. Please help me, God. You know, a lot of things in life can overwhelm us. Grief, pain, relationships, sickness, finances. A sense of being overwhelmed and the accompanying stress is truly one of life's monsters. So here in the middle of summer, I want to look at a familiar Christmas story, think cool, to find some help for us as we try to learn how to defeat this monster, story that you're very familiar with. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. Remember that story? How many ever read it and had it preached to you in July? Bible scholars believe Mary was probably 13 to 15 years old. She was a young teenage peasant girl 
living in a small village called Nazareth. The angel Gabriel shows up one day and he says to Mary, you know, I know you've never had physical relationships with any man, but you're going to become pregnant and the child inside of you will be the Savior. I can imagine Mary wondering, how am I going to explain this? Who's going to believe me? Hey, Joseph, guess what? I'm pregnant. But it's not what you think, Joseph. Mom, Dad, I'm pregnant. But the good news is the Father is God. She may have thought rightly so that Joseph was going to leave her. Her parents were going to doubt her. The community is going to disgrace me. My reputation will be shot. I may even lose my life over this because of the law against such things. Mary was likely overwhelmed and stressed by what was happening to her. What do we do when we're stressed and we're overwhelmed by life? What do we do? Hopefully, we'll learn to do the things that Mary did. The first thing we should do is let go of our need to control the situation. Typically, the more stressed and overwhelmed we feel, the more we try and get control over the situation. We use human force and whatever willpower we can find to try to make it all work out for our benefit. Much of the stress in our life is caused by this desire to control everything in our personal world. The harder we try to control the things that are uncontrollable in our life, the more overwhelmed we're going to feel. You see, the reality is much of life is out of our control and can't be figured out. God intentionally chooses not to reveal certain things about life. Well, why would God do that to us? Well, I believe it's in order to force us to rely and depend on him. There are some things in life You're just never going to figure out. And as hard as this is for most of us, we've got to let go of our need to try and control life's situations. After she heard the big news, Mary asked the angel this. Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. Now, that's an honest and sincere question from a young girl who never had sexual relations with a man. The angel replied with one of my favorite Bible scriptures. The angel says this. Read it with me. For nothing is impossible with God. Let's read it again. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary had a typical reaction to the monster of feeling overwhelmed and stressed out. 
Like her, we ask, how? How am I going to get it all done on time? How am I going to make that payment? How am I going to solve that problem? How am I going to get that person to love me again? We ask the how question over and over and over. Mary didn't doubt what the angel told her. She didn't doubt that it was going to happen. She just didn't know how. When the angel said, you're going to have a baby, although you're a virgin. Mary didn't say, ah, no way, no way. She said, and still, okay, but how? How? You see, there's a difference between no way and okay, but how? Mary isn't doubting. She's just asking, how can a virgin have a baby? Good question, right? You see, people are still asking that one 2,000 years later. The angel's response wasn't to give a detailed explanation of how this is going to happen. The angel just says, nothing is impossible with God. The angel wanted to remind Mary that God can do anything he wants. At Monster University this morning... God wants us to learn that he can do anything necessary to help us beat that monster of being overwhelmed and stressed out by life. Here's a good principle for all of us. Whatever is overwhelming you and stressing you out because you can't control it, That thing isn't out of God's control. I want you to repeat this with me. I won't trick you, I promise. It may be out of my control, but it's not out of God's control. I'm going to do it again. And this time... Ask God to transfer it from here to here. The truth of this little phrase. A lot of you believe it up here, but it hasn't registered in here yet. So here it is. It may be out of my control, but it's not out of God's control. And here a big amen. When Mary understood this, she could trust God. It says, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. I don't know what overwhelms and stresses you out this morning. I don't know how this monster is working on you. But I do know that if you want a measure of peace, then let go of your need for control and accept 
what God wills for you. Let God handle it. Mary basically is saying, you know, I'm giving up control, and I yield to God, and I surrender to his will for my life. There's a word for that. It's called faith. Faith. Because of her faith, Mary made the decision to say, Okay, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you, God, that you will do it. Here's a verse for those that may be here with control issues. Solomon writes, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. One of the most important lessons in life is I don't have to figure out everything and have control over everything. In fact, if you try to figure out God, you're going to be terribly frustrated. Because God, the infinite God, the God of all creation, can't be figured out by the infinite human beings that we are, no matter how smart we may think we are. Every time we try to use our limited knowledge and our understanding to figure out God and why he does what he does, we're going to be disappointed, my friends, and we're going to get very frustrated. Anybody ever have, I don't know if they even still make them, Mr. Misty's at Dairy Queen? they still make Mr. Misty's? Anybody? That cold, icy drink. Anybody ever get a brain freeze? Well, you may get a brain freeze trying to figure out God. Even if you didn't drink a Mr. Misty. Look at what God has promised us. The psalmist says the Lord will work out his plans for my life. Underline his. This verse doesn't say the Lord will work out my plans for my life. It doesn't say the Lord will work out the plans my parents have for my life or my spouse has for my life. It says the Lord will work out his plans for my life. And each of you could do that today because he has a plan for each of us. I want to look at three things about God's plan for your life that you need to know this morning. Three things. First, God's plan for your life is often bigger than your plan. God's plan for your life is often bigger than your plan. All Mary and Joseph wanted was to get married, to settle down, have a little family, happy life, make some furniture. That's all they wanted. But God said, no, I want to bless the whole world through you too. It was a slightly bigger plan, wasn't it? You and I don't realize this morning what God could do through our lives if we were totally and completely sold out and surrendered to God. If we would say like Mary, God, whatever you want for my life, I'm willing to have it your way, not my way. 
We have no idea how God could use us in great ways for his purposes. Because God's plan is often bigger than ours. Second, God's plan is often harder and more difficult and rarely makes sense to us. I don't believe it made sense to Mary. The plan that God had for Mary's life was more difficult and harder than the one she had for her life. Can you imagine facing the local gossip as an unmarried pregnant girl who claimed that God was the father? What the scorn she received? Then she had to travel either by foot or by donkey. The Bible never says that she went by donkey. Some 90 miles to Bethlehem just days before her delivery. Then she's going to deliver her first baby without a midwife, without a doctor, without a clean hospital room. You know, I'm sure Mary must have thought many times, why God? Why God? I've surrendered my life to your plan, so why does it have to be so hard and so difficult, God? You see, from Mary's point of view, this whole baby thing came up suddenly and surprised her. It may have looked to Mary like she was being ambushed by God. But God had planned this birth down to the most intricate detail before time began. We need to come to grips with the fact that nothing in our life is an accident or a random chance happening. Hold the screen there. I have a pet peeve. When Christians use that word chance about things happening in their life or by accident. So don't use it around me. We need to come to grips, my friends, with the fact that nothing in our life is an accident or a random chance happening. There's a purpose behind every problem or blessing in our lives. I believe that with all of my heart. Nothing ever surprises our sovereign God that we serve because he knows everything that is going to happen in our lives even before it takes place. That's the whole idea of sovereignty. And finally, thirdly, God's plan for your life is always better, although you may not realize it. God looks at your life from an eternal perspective and not just the years you have on earth. God will always sacrifice short-term comfort in our lives now, be it 40 years, 50 years, however many years you get. He'll sacrifice that short-term comfort in our lives now in order to gain long-term glory in our lives for eternity. And that's a whole message unto itself, the concept of eternity. You go talk about a brain freeze, try to get your mind around eternity. God will allow things in our lives now 
in order to build character and to make us more like Christ, which will bless us throughout eternity, a thousand years from now, 10,000 years from now. God is not solely interested in making us comfortable in our brief few years of life. God is most interested in preparing us for eternity, where we're going to spend forever with him. So after letting go of control, the second thing that Mary did that we should do when we're overwhelmed and stressed out with life, we should let others help us. And this is the opposite of what we sometimes tend to do. When people experience the monster of being overwhelmed and stressed out, they frequently start withdrawing from relationships. They pull back from people, they isolate themselves, and their actions scream out, just leave me alone. Pastors see this all the time. People get a problem in their life that begins to overwhelm them. And stress them out. And they start missing church more often. You can just track it. They stop serving. And being a part of a small group experience. They pull out of their friendships... And they back away from the thing that they need the most at this time, other people. Here's what Mary did. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth was a very godly woman who was also Mary's cousin. And since she was a godly woman, she could pray for Mary. And since she was an older woman with more life experience, she could give wise advice and counsel to Mary for what she was going through. And here's the point for us. When you're overwhelmed and stressed, you need to find an Elizabeth-type person in your life. Here's what you look for. You find somebody who's a committed follower of Christ, who can be your spiritual partner and your mentor. I've known people who became overwhelmed and and stressed out with life's experiences, and they didn't seek out godly people for counsel and help. Because they looked to unbelievers and the ungodly for help, They stayed overwhelmed. They stayed stressed out. And some of those people eventually gave up on God altogether. Another thing to look for in an Elizabeth-type person, you probably want to find somebody who's a little bit older than you. They've had more life experiences than you. They're further along in their faith walk than you are. Everybody needs a mentor like that. Men need a male mentor. Women need a female mentor. 
these people don't have to be perfect because you're never going to find a perfect mentor outside of Jesus Christ. Ask God to help you find someone to help you in the times when you feel overwhelmed and stressed out. They're out there, I guarantee you. Those times when you may be facing a situation when you could fall emotionally or spiritually. This verse, this verse here in Ecclesiastes says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in what? Real trouble. This is why you need to be part of a church family. It's why you need to be in a small group or class in that church. So you can be connected with other people. It's a no-brainer, my friends. It's not enough just to attend a church and and hear some Bible teaching and, and listen to some great music. You need to get connected with others. Through serving here at Faith Fellowship, we have all kinds of opportunities to serve. Or you can go on one of our mission opportunities. Get connected. Before the tough times come into your life to overwhelm you and stress you out and set you up for a fall. You see, in life, we're going to have friends and loved ones die. We're going to face illness and physical problems. We're going to face financial ups and downs. In life, we're going to face all sorts of overwhelming and stressful situations. So why not get connected before any of that happens in your life so you have a support system in place when it does happen? So I encourage you as one of the pastors here at Faith Fellowship to get connected before the tough times come into your life because they are going to come. And if by chance those tough times are here upon you this morning, I encourage you all the more to find a spiritual mentor and get connected. So after you let go of control, and you let other people help you, then let God give you strength. Some of you know God will give you strength, but you won't let him. You act as if it all depends on you. You keep saying something like this, God helps those who help themselves. Ever hear that before? Hey, tell me what book of the Bible that's in, will you? What chapter and verse? God didn't say that. You can look from Genesis to Revelation. God didn't say that. That thought, in fact, is from, a, from one of Aesop's fables. God says the exact opposite. He tells us it's not up to us, but it's up to him. The reason why Mary wasn't blown away by the Overwhelming circumstances in her life because she let God give her strength through his word. Mary was a woman of the word and she claimed the promises of God. 
The angel says, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. She believed the words of God. Mary remained calm, not overwhelmed, not stressed out, because she had the promises of God in her heart, which gave her strength. One of those great promises in God's Word that you may want to hold on to when you're overwhelmed and stressed is this verse that I love so much. When you pass through deep waters, I will be with you. It's God speaking to his people. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. When you pass through fire, you will not be burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you. This verse here in Isaiah doesn't say we won't have any deep waters or troubles in life. It doesn't say if we have, but when. The promise of when. This doesn't say to us, we won't face some fiery trials in life. It says when we face them. Isaiah is telling us that God won't allow his own people, the Old Testament people, now the New Testament people, He won't allow his own to be overtaken by this monster we're talking about this morning. He won't allow us to be overwhelmed and stressed out beyond the hope that he gives us. So where do you get this kind of assurance and strength from God? You find it by not only claiming God's promises in his word, but also by praising God for his goodness. There's tremendous power in praise. And we do that on Sunday morning when the band leads us in in praise and worship. And you don't realize how much power is there because praise helps us get our eyes off of the problems of life that can overwhelm us and stress us out. Praise helps keep our eyes on the one who can provide the solution for us. Praise helps me focus my thoughts on the Savior and not on the circumstances that are all around me. So whenever you're feeling a situation or facing a situation or circumstance that can overwhelm you and stress you out, just stop. Take a few moments, whether you're driving, whether you're walking down the street, whatever you may be doing, whether you're in a courtroom, take a moment to praise God out loud if possible, under your breath if necessary. Praise God for his goodness to you. Mary did that. It says, she said, oh, how I praise the Lord, how I rejoice in God." my Savior. Another way you find God's strength when you're about to be overwhelmed is by thinking about His Word, the Bible. Mary also did this. If you read on in Luke chapter 1, you see Mary writes a song of praise to God. 
Theologians call it the Magnificat. And when you read it, you realize this young peasant girl knew the Old Testament scriptures. Why is that important? Why is it important for us, like it was for Mary, to read the Bible? And think about its truth when we're overwhelmed and stressed out. Why is it important? Why not People Magazine? Why not USA Today? Because the Bible helps us sort out what's really important in life. One of the reasons we get stressed out and overwhelmed is because we treat everything we're facing in life as of equal importance. And it's all not of equal importance. For instance, I'm going to give you some some things. Are these of equal importance? Live for God? Buy some toothpaste? Clean the house? Get the oil changed in the car? Make the deal? Love my family and friends? All of those are not of equal importance. I'm sure we'd all agree to that. When you look at all that you have to do in life, you start thinking, man, I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. I don't know how it's all going to fall into place. But in reality, my friends, there are only a few things in life that really have to be done. Much of what we do isn't going to matter a week from now much less in eternity. So knowing what the Bible says to us helps us clarify our values and order our priorities for our lives. It helps us discover what's really most important in life. And it can help take some of the stress out of our daily existence. So read your Bible. Claiming God's promises, praising God for his goodness, and thinking about God's word are guaranteed to help us defeat the monster of feeling overwhelmed and stressed out. We started this lesson this morning from Monster University with a scripture verse that was 700 years before Christ. It's when Isaiah wrote that. The monster of stress and the sense of being overwhelmed by life has been doing a number on people for thousands of years. And there's no end in sight. Isaiah cried out that he was overwhelmed and he asked for God's help. I believe some of you need to cry out for God's help this morning. Because you're being run over by stress. Your stress meter is off the charts. You're feeling overwhelmed by life. Before we take a moment to do that, right where we sit, I want you to see this verse. Psalm 46, 1 says, read it with me. God is our protection and our strength. He always helps in times of trouble. 
sometimes helps. 30% of the time, 75% of the time, the psalmist says God always helps in times of trouble. With this verse as our assurance, I want us to just take a moment, bowing our heads right where we sit, praying and asking God to help us with this monster. Stress, overwhelmed by life and its circumstances. So let's do it right now, right where you sit, just a moment of prayer. Lord God, we thank you. We come to you this morning, Lord. Pray for those who are overwhelmed by stress, the feeling, Lord God, that life is unraveling. Be with us, Lord. We cry out for help. We look to you, Lord Jesus. You alone are our source and our strength for help. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. No doubt, Mary lived through one of the most stressful and overwhelming events any human has lived through. And she did it by doing three things. And I believe these things are very possible for us to do and and to learn to do. When we face this monster, and it's not if we face it, my friends, it's when we face it. It's inevitable. Let go of control. Give it to God. Let other people help us. Don't push him away. Let them help you. And then let's let God give us his strength through his word and through praising him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we don't have to fear this monster of being overwhelmed by life circumstances, to be stressed out beyond any hope. We thank you, Lord, that there is a way of escape. We thank you, Lord, that you do always help us in times of trouble. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's a promise to us. It's encouragement to us that the God of Isaiah is the God of us today. The same God. Lord, those who are in need this morning, who feel overwhelmed and stressed by whatever it might be, I pray that they will take to heart what Mary did in her life and they will say yes to Jesus today and you will help them as we know you will. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.